calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to episode seven of Blood Culture. My name's David. I'm with Lance. I'm the producer of the show and the creator. And uh, I'm one of the co-writers. After the episode, I think we should have a little chat about like where podcasting is at the moment and an audio drama. But until then... It's episode seven of Blood Culture. I'm bleeding. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. My neck is weeping blood. You're right. I don't, I don't know. Is it bad? I don't, I don't know. That just keeps sick. I ease the pressure on my neck. No more blood comes out. Uh, we'll be at the Royal Sussex in ten minutes. No, 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 not, not the hospital. They'll find us there. Well, are you sure? Just we... drive. Look, my neck looks worse than it is. But the bleeding's already stopped. Sure. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's get some distance between us and that Scotsman. Yeah, yeah. I think about Livy and how we left her fighting in the dirt with those men from Meta. That last view of her, the blood on her face. Oh, I can't imagine what trouble she's in. Want a ciggy? Uh, no, it's your last one. You're all right. Nor am I surprised that she's landed on her feet again. Ugh. I hate adrenaline come downs. Make me jittery. Yeah, well, that was quite something. <laughs> Is your hand all right? Punching people isn't good for the knuckles. And biting people, that just isn't good. <laughs> Whatever. I'm fine. So, what about that friend of yours then? Ewan. Yeah, the ambulance can find him, he can have a few days in hospital. No, I mean, what's his deal? What's your deal with him? He's no friend of mine. He never was. He's a vulture, end of story. Okay. Livy's hand reaches out and grips the steering wheel. Tell me about Ewan. Jesus, girl. There's a new clique on the board of the company, all right? They want to edge out Richard without screwing up Meta, and Ewan there works for Sheldrake. She's the new power on the board. Mm. Stop moving the wheel! I know all of this. To get to the point, the case, why the case? Same as you. It would blow Meta wide open if this got public. They have to control the narrative like they say. They've got to make sure the mud sticks to Richard and not the share price. Will you let go of the wheel now, please? Thank you. So listen. Me and Aisha, we're going to bring these bastards to justice. Now you've seen how I work. 
And Alan is not going to be pretty. So now I ask you, are you in or out? I'm in. What's the plan? I don't know yet. Well, we're going to need one. Nope, that's not the way it works. Yeah, it does with these guys. Oh, no, it doesn't. Watch and learn. I wake up, moving, rolling, joints aching. I'm normally fine sleeping on the road, it's how I grew up. Waking up in new places used to be comforting, enlivening, but now everything feels strange. Off, like something's dying. Are you okay? Yeah, You're passed out. Jesus, no. You're in no state to drive. I think someone's following us. A black van is keeping pace with us. It's old and battered. It can't be Meta, but that means nothing to Dad's paranoia. I should try and call Livy again. I judge your phone. Is it what? It's a company phone. Think about oh, it. Jesus. He's right, of course. Why is my brain so slow? Now is not the time for me to... Oh, God damn. This is my transfusion. I know, I know. My body's filling up with those twisted red cells, so useless at their job. I'm going to slowly weaken as the hours and days pass. Dad just drives on. Steady. Dad, I'm really sorry about yesterday for shouting at you. I just... I'm glad for me right now. Always have been. Hello? Benny, it's me. Is anyone there with you? Livy, is that you? Don't use my name, ma'am. Are you alone? Yeah, I'm alone. Good. Now then, tell us about this copied blood. Where's Aisha? Is she alright? Wow, she got a bit cut up, but don't worry about all that. So this lab made blood. Wait, what? Pay attention, Benny boy. Tell me about this copy they made of Aisha's blood. What do you mean she got a bit cut up? I said don't worry about it, Venster. She's gone off grid with Sol. They're cool. Now listen, concentrate the artificial Aisha blood. Oh, Christ. Um, I think it's made by one of Meta University's partners up in the Northeast. This guy, Lathway, there's a bit of a legend. Look. I couldn't get through to Aisha. Lathway, got it. Is there a doctor or a... Professor Lathway. He works in the haematology department, but... That is beautiful, Venny. Thank you. Text me the details. We're on our way. Yeah, but Livy... On the motorway now, Dad is resting at the wheel, licking his lips, darting his eyes. Definitely. Look, look. Decades of hash-induced pattern recognition overload is showing. A bone-white 4x4, Japanese or Korean, immaculately clean, with blackened windows. Bloody slow on the exils, but it's not overtaking. Could just be some granny who doesn't like going fast. Yeah, could be. But it couldn't. And then, there is another one. Identical. Look. Outside lane behind the tanker. Dad's hands slip to the 10 to 2 position. They're gonna box us in. He locks in, zen-like, and focused in his fear. This has moved up two cars away now. If there's only two, we can maybe outmaneuver them. The 4x4 up ahead is slow enough that everything is overtaking it, pulling us closer. You reckon? One car away. They'll be quicker, better brakes. 
We're heavier. We can use that. You belted up? Yeah. The one behind us is right there now. I can see the silhouette of the driver. A little blue car up ahead finally overtakes the 4x4, and we're sandwiched in. One ahead, one behind. You know, the lion is only running for his lunch. Dad, maybe relaxed, but my knuckles are white. The gazelles are running for their life. Look, told you. Then a third 4x4 is on us. A flash of red as the one in front slams on its brakes, and our bus lurches to the side as Dad wrenches the steering wheel. We're on the hard shoulder. Two of the 4x4s collide. We get rammed from behind, hard. We have to get off this road. Oh, a 4x4 clips the rear of the van, sending us fishtailing back and forth. And Dad steers us into oncoming traffic. Each car whips past, a ton or two of instant death turning and spinning, but there's no contact, only chaos left in our wake. By the time we've darted into the suburbs of whatever forgotten little town this is, the 4x4s have lost us. It's all hazy, distant. My eyes hurt, drop, and sleep overtakes me. All right, let's review tactics. Now, since there's two of us, we can employ a Montpellier technique. But infiltration like this depends on both of three. What are you doing? I'm gonna go get some answers. Well, it's certainly never dull with you, young lady. Just go with it, Alan. They're all just students here. There's no one to be afraid of. Look, if you need rules to follow, then listen up and pay attention. Agree with whatever I do, build on it, then offer me things to work with. Agree, build on it, offer you things. Okay, I've got it. Good. Now, that receptionist in the middle, we need her, not the girl on the end. Uh, why? She's wearing glasses. It's more likely to agree than the other one. I really don't know anything, dear. Hiya. Hi there, how can I help you? Hi, uh, we're from Metacorp. Here to see Professor Lathwaite. Hematology? Sure thing. He expecting you? Yes, this is Dr. Alan Moore and I'm Dr. Gaiman. Oh, right, let me call him. Hello, Professor Lathwaite. I have a couple of visitors for you. Could have used my meta ID. It doesn't say Dr. Moore. Yes, a Dr. Moore and a Dr. Gayman. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the writers. Agree. Build on. Offer. Okay, okay. He says he's not expecting you. Oh. Oh, it's not another cock-up, is it? Oh, that Morrison boy, I don't know if he's allowed another formal write-up. I mean, might be curtains, eh, Dr. Moore? Dr. Moore. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Guts for, guts for garters. The professor doesn't know anything about it, I'm afraid. Look, I've got to get this. Yes, of course. You're busy. I can see that. So, look, you deal with them, and why don't you let me talk to the professor, smooth this out? Go on, be quick with you. I'm not meant to. Hello, professor. Sorry, there seems to be some misunderstanding. Doesn't there just... Now, Professor, at Meta, we've had such a good relationship for so long. It's just that our funding round closes next week. I'm sorry, say again? If we don't clear our budget line, we get reduced next quarter. <laughs> Silly, isn't it? Uh, I'll 
I'll pop down to reception and bring you in through security. Wicked. I'll see you in a minute. There you go, love. All sorted. Oh, uh, thanks. Well done. Thank you, Doctor. Yeah, you're welcome, Doctor. If I can have a quick word. You realise this charade could all go wrong in an instant. You're doing all right for a beginner, but try and make the agreements a bit more enthusiastic. Well, surely we can only take this so far. More enthusiastic, right? Okay. For the past few hours, I've been dozing in the passenger seat. Cosy and warm. Dad's jumper wrapped around me. Aisha, Aisha, listen, listen. I figured out where we can go. It's such a dad idea. There's still a traveller circuit in the West Country. I heard some of the old party crew have bought land. We could hide out for as long as we wanted. Clever. Off-grid living. Unnoticed. Safe. We're going back to Glastonbury. Glastonbury. It's more of an idea now than a place. Energy, crowds, excess. And Mum. A memory I've shied away from. Too painful to remember. But I guess now, it's time to go back. We'll leave the beating heart of the operation until the end of the tour. Eh? Looks like the student union bar. Exactly so. There's nowhere better work is done. <laughs> Lathwaite takes them deep into the scholarly labyrinth through the temperature-controlled rooms, nodding at the students as he goes. Livy, the lip-studded anarcho-syndicalist, and Alan, the steel-toe-capped squaddy. Not your classic PhDs. With all the work you do with us, um, I suppose we're your biggest contractor. By a long way, I'm afraid. The MOD have been driving research for years. What they need is an artificial blood that doesn't spoil in a soldier's pack. There's something to keep someone going before they reach proper care. Very different to the kind of thing you chaps go in for. We're doing some great stuff with HBOCs that might even exceed the body's ability. We'd love to hear about how our work has been going, actually. Oh, uh, yes, of course. Now, I'm here more in a supervisory role, so, so do please keep things simple. So, what's so different about what you've been doing with us? Well, whereas the military are interested in an approach that mimics the activities of human blood, Richard Dreyer is all about actually creating the real thing, growing it from stem cells. You know about those? Uh, those are the unformed cells that can become anything, right, Dr. Um, Gaiman? Right, Dr. Moore. They're like uh, an uncarved block. Mm. Right. So, uh, we can control it pretty well, but it's a tricky process. Getting the stem cells takes time, then differentiating into red cells, white cells and so on is difficult too. You're essentially doing it all by hand, so you end up with blood costing thousands of pounds per unit. Not very cost-effective, unless you're someone like Dred. So you're making this perfect blood for Richard? <laughs> kind of. Let's find somewhere to sit down, shall we? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, it seems to be going okay. You're pretty good at this, you know. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Ah, this is the life, eh? (laughs) Where we belong, Aisha. Where we belong. A dirt track leads us off the road to a copse of trees tucked below a ridge. The wreck of an old trailer is rusting away and the trees give way to a meadow spotted with the white and blue of springtime. I can't remember the last time I spent an afternoon out in the sunshine. Dad is repairing the van. I look at him, see how he works. He's focused in a way I've never realised before. Everything he needs in one box. Everything at hand. He seems to know exactly what to do. I relax and let him take charge. Right, hold that tight. Is there an old stone circle um, up on the hill looking down over the festival? Well, that. Well, that was made by a bloke called Ivan with a JCB. <laughs> I watched the last stone go in while he was still in your mum's belly. There we go. Was Richard there? Sure. Well, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. You know, when the M25 pay parties really got going, he got the taste of cash and he was off like a shot. And uh, the problem with those and parties... And was there, obviously. Oh! I need to sit down. I'm back. This isn't what it was. Give us a moment. No, Dad, just come back. Don't walk away from me. What? Richard, talk to me about Mum. You've got to be careful around people like that. Why didn't you tell me she knew him? Someone like Richard, they bend people's thinking like a... like, like a black hole bends space-time. 
I don't care about the truth if it gets them what they want. Yes, but there's, there's just something about him. You know, he, he gets right inside my head. I don't really do hate Aisha. But some people aren't allowed space in my head. I've never met anyone so self-serving. Even try to use your mum's illness to make himself look good. Just thinking about it now, it... close to her again. Hearing about Mum, even from him. Oh, you really did love each other, didn't you? Me and Rani. Of course. It's a different life, though, you know. How do you mean? Well, Rani stayed behind in the past. Didn't come with us, did she? She said goodbye. I said goodbye. It's coming up for 15 years ago, Aisha. Yeah, I suppose. I guess I... I guess I never thought it would be okay. Never thought it should. I know, love. It's the great circle, Aisha. Birth. Death. Rebirth. That's as good to accept it. Sooner or later. All of a sudden, this man that I've been looking after, trying to protect from his loss, I realise he's alright. And has been for years. He's been waiting for me to let go. Now I'm crying. Big, fat tears. They roll fast down my cheeks, but they don't seem to hurt. There we are, half a lager, pint of snake bite, and a G&T for you, Professor. Thank you, Alan. Cheers. To fruitful research. Fruitful research. Fruitful research. Like every Englishman, Lathwaite relaxes once a G&T is in his hand. So, when you go through this process, you obviously screen the stem cells for problems, uh, genetic errors, inheritable conditions. Like sickle cell. Like a sickle cell disease. Exactly. Uh, there's no point in doing all this trouble to make faulty blood. In fact, it's so troublesome putting someone else's RBCs into you. You see, there's this awful graft versus host condition where if your HLAs... Mm, I've lost you, haven't I? Too many TLAs. Well... Not lost, exactly. Look at this. You place an Indian tonic water into a measure of cold gin, and it mixes. It matches. It's a wonder of God's creation. That's what a decent stem cell transplant is. Hmm? But imagine if you were to put a cola in with the gin. Or... Or ginger beer? Hmm? A disaster. The whole drink is ruined. And what about my snake bite? Um, well, each to their own. Uh, my point is, of the hundreds of possible mixes you can make, most don't work. And if you get it wrong with blood, then graft versus host disease will kill you in weeks. The new blood sees your own body as a threat and attacks it. Hmm? So mainly we use red blood cells grown in the lab, and all the other parts of the blood are extracted from the patients themselves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I just have to ask, 
Yeah, shoot. What's Dreyer's game plan? Ah, well, Richard wants to get into biotech. He thinks it's the greatest emergent market since the web. He doesn't have a clue. Silicon Valley economics don't work in medicine. It's messy. It's unique to each of us. You can't roll out an update to patients like you do with your app. So is there something else? Something else you've been making for Richard? Hmm, he's... He's got us doing some zany stuff. I, I mean, I've always produced stem cells for other labs. It's a very nice sideline that paid for all of our Luminex machines. But no one asks for disease stem cells. I mean, stem cells carrying sickle cell thalassemia. That's just ridiculous. So you uh, took the samples yourself here? Oh, no. Anonymized blood samples. They come through one at a time. All from the same donor, I think. Very odd. Richard's game plan is a mystery to all of us, Professor. You know, we don't stop trying to figure it out, though. <laughs> so, Dr. Moore, where was it you studied? You're not a Cambridge man, I suspect. Oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> well spotted there. Uh, it was the um, University of Newcastle. God, I'm surprised you remember your uni days at all when I was yeah. in uni. You studied under William Harvey, probably. Depends on when you were there, of course. Oh, yes, yes. He made a big impact on the department. I had the uh, honour of listening to him lecture several times. A good try, chaps. You see, the thing is, Harvey was actually at Bart's. Yeah, well, man of his stature. In 1607. Ah, right. What are you two up to? There are some times when Livy has just the right words for the moment, and right now she knows exactly what needs to be said. Run! I've left Dad working on the van. I'm taking a moment. I'm just... Breathing. So, we have the case of samples, leverage, which might blow Richard wide open, show how Luca and those others died. We have to figure out why Richard needs it so badly, then to take it to... Wait. What was that? Lisa! I shouldn't have gone so far from Dad in the van. I haven't got the strength to run. They can't have found us, could they? Oh, please. Not now. Now we've got to go. Now! Blood Culture was written by David Wigram and featured the voices of Chetna Pandia, Bryony Afferson, Jack Claff, Nathan Bryan, Stephen Critchlow, Alan Gilchrist, Alexi Parkin, Chris Gates, Lizzie Parkinson and Rob Rackstraw. The script supervisor was Lizzie Parkinson and the assistant director was Alan Gilchrist. The music was by Claire M. Singer, Simon James and Michael Jakarczyk. The sound design was by Simon James. The biomedical consultant was Dr. Christina Lo Celso. The executive producer was Nick Ware and the producer was Lance Dan. Blood Culture is a Resonance 104.4 FM production supported by the Wellcome Trust. So that was episode seven of Blood Culture. Uh, we're back with Lance and David. So I was thinking about our conversation earlier about how podcasting was and how audio drama was when this was created as a show. 
But the fact is that five years later, things have changed quite a lot. When we were writing this, essentially, you know, the UK had this, this strong, basically BBC-led tradition of audio drama. And then there were occasional bits elsewhere on other, um, uh, other networks, but really it was, it was pretty mild. And there were just, the, the dramas were starting up in the podcast world. The, the Americans were kind of getting to grips with it. And the BBC had had this long history. And then the American shows started to pull in these enormous audiences and a younger, more dynamic, punchy audience around. And that, by the time you get to 2017, it's beginning to build up and you know hit quite a crest of the wave. And of course, how does the BBC respond? In a typical kind of fashion of sort of like older institutions, they then start to, they sort of ditch a lot of their knowledge and a lot of their 75 years of history, what, knowing what they're doing. And they try to adopt the, te- the methodologies of, you know, the young upstarts. So you see the BBC is trying to mimic American production techniques, which is really difficult to do because they've been, they're built in people's garages. They're built in little back rooms. Back when this was being developed, it was this kind of indie scene. And now it's become, <laughs> amusingly enough, kind of corporate. Like, there's big money flowing around in the audio drama world. Bigger, there's still not kind of considerable, you know, it, it's still not anywhere near the, the oh, level. It's not Netflix money. Yeah, it's not, it's not that level. But you, but you know what I think is more important than the companies is how the audience have changed the way they can listen. All right, go on. Um, and that's that I think people have kind of learned to listen. I think the people listening to this show now, especially now they've followed us through, um, to episode seven, they kind of, you know, they know how to listen to something with lots of layers and sounds. And you do all this head work yourself and you're imagining the characters and you're imagining the action. And the earlier audio fiction works kind of did a lot of that work for you. They kind of painted the pictures and they were easier to follow. There was a trope, there was a form early on in the kind of uh, the podcast audio drama world where in every drama within the text there had to be the reason why somebody was recording Mm. um and yeah it did feel like the kind of early sort of proto forms discovering themselves and very quickly the audience as you say have become uh more um experienced and that kind of thing was sort of audio drama in the podcast world finding its feet and standing up. It's like training wheels on a bike. Right. And now you have these very experienced audience members who are very savvy. They totally know how to listen. And they're hungry. Yeah, I think the scene is bigger. And I think, therefore, it allows more things to become possible. Um, And you're seeing different generations of creators going through, too. Um, some of whom, you know, often creators are either leaving, some of them are like Lauren Ship and people like that have signed up contracts and gone off to uh, write books and, uh, you know, will be signed up with things with, with Marvel. And other people have kind of moved on to other forms where, you know, there's still a lot of money, not a lot of money in it. So other people are kind of finding other ways to pay the bills. But yet yeah, new generations of creators are coming in and are just... I just realizing what you can do with the form, which is kind of almost anything. And, and you can play with it and have a lot of freedom. Well, you can play with it and have a lot of freedom. And also, I mean, I, I sort of said, oh, these, you know, big players are in. But you're quite right, is that 
the 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 money being thrown around is still relatively small compared to other forms compared to television or movies for goodness sake and so it's sort of like it is a playground it is a place where you can just get stuck in and make something and that makes for a very vibrant artistic scene right and i think that the other thing is it's not it's important that it's not felt like being a reduced form of cinema i think the worst expression i hate is it's like cinema for your ears. Have you ever heard that being yeah, put on things? Yeah. And for me, it's kind of like, no, it's its own thing. And if you're actually producing this work and talking about it working cinematically, you're kind of missing the point that it's not, it is its own space and you can do things with sound and you can do things with the imagination and you can do things through narration in the case of blood culture that you couldn't do otherwise. Absolutely. The narrated form is such a different form of storytelling than the unnarrated form. And by and large, cinema is unrelated, is unnarrated, and television is unnarrated. But audio drama, it goes there, and you, you're into sort of the, the opportunities for storytelling techniques that that novels have that other kind of image-based shows don't. All right, I, I'm going to have to ask you. This is an impossible question. So we talked about the past, and we talked about the present of the audio drama form in podcasting. What does its future look like? It's at a really weird stage. Now, I think that I think it's having those one of those moments where it's drawing breath and hopefully will burst again and surprise us in new ways. Well, on that note, shall we see what the future holds for Aisha and God, that's crew? That's a very, very tight link there, Dave. Yeah, let's do that in episode eight, which is coming up next, of course. But for a while, uh, let's say goodbye, shall we? All right. Bye bye, Lance. Yeah. Bye, guys. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.